One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the home of the song story and its magical ability to bring out the best storyteller in our guests. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Cody Smith, Cody's founder, composer, producer, and lead Cody of the band Cody & Co., which is called Cody & Co. even when he appears solo. He's a Fort Myers native who says he got started with music by throwing up at his first choir concert in kindergarten, which he thinks could be the highlight of his 18 years performing. He's been receiving Vocal coaching since age five, guitar and trombone lessons since 13, drum and theory lessons since 14, and even went to Florida Southwestern State College to study percussion performance, but dropped out after two years. He says you can't even hear any of that in the more than six EPs he's released since his current project formed in 2019. We crossed paths with Cody at the David Mayfield Show at the Sydney and Burn Davis Arts Center, which happened the night we recorded episode 100 with David, and he'd been on Tara's radar as a possible guest, so now we've sorted out the scheduling and are off and running. Hey there, Cody. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of our weird little game here that you've been watching <laughs> through the Instagram TV window. Um, <laughs> so why'd you throw up at your first choir concert? Holy crap. Oh, no, wait. I put that on. Never mind. You told um, me that, yeah, so I'm going to dig into bio. it a little bit. Um, I have what the kids call crippling anxiety. Oh, okay. And the only way I'm doing this right now is I've chugged so much caffeine that like my eyes are spinning and okay. that's why I'm able to form a conversation with you. Well, you're making good eye contact, so that's good. <laughs> We're going to stick with it. Aggressive. Um, uh, so, so you mentioned for breakfast you had some, what was it? Uh, Tums on your A handful Cheerios. of Tums and a bowl of cereal. <laughs> and that's all uh, back to the same sort of nervous, yeah. nervous stomach and stuff. So were you a soloist in that choir concert? No. Or were you just like some kid in the back row that chucked up? Yeah, I was just like uh background kid number five that was standing on the bleachers and it was just like hey um i'm gonna leave now and go hang out in the audience with my parents after i do this real quick because <laughs> you just didn't feel good no okay you grew up in fort myers yes sir where'd you go to uh, school like what was your, the, your your path um the school i puked at was grace community <laughs> back when it <laughs> was a school um Diplomat Middle was where I started actually doing choir and band, and then North Fort Myers High School was where I learned all the weird stuff that I'm continuing to do, and FSW is where I dropped out of. Gotcha. Okay, so you were at the, F, uh, the North Center for the Arts or whatever they call it. The uh, no. North North High? Yeah, just North Fort Myers High. Oh, just High. North High. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. So um, uh, what was the musical background of your childhood? Like, what was around you? What were your parents exposing you to? That sort of thing. So growing up, all I was allowed to listen to was, like, country music, 80s rock, but only some bands, Foo Fighters, and those Crazy Frog remixes that were a thing in, like, 2002, where, like, they would take Axel, the Axel yeah. F song from Dang, 1980s oh, God, and have, no. like, just some Swedish dude do a nasally frog impression. That seems to be an outlier from country music and <laughs> classic rock. So, yeah. Hey, this is a fun tie-in real quick, but uh, the parting tune from last week's episode is from that era, uh, yes, like like songs, is. songs about the early two thousands that were just internet songs. Yes. Um. So your first instrument. Um. First instrument was guitar because I played a lot of Guitar Hero. And my dad was like, "Hey, let's get you a real instrument so you can play some Metallica." Electric guitar then? Acoustic guitar. All right. You're going to go straight into Metallica with your acoustic guitar. Did you take right to it? Uh, no, oh, I didn't really play until I, eighth grade. I would have gotten that in like fifth grade. Okay. Yeah. So, and, But you were singing. You were doing choir in school? Yes, sir. Um, why? If you're uh, so nervous, why would you keep going back? Because it's a different type of nerves. Uh -huh. Like, there's like, like, especially right now, there's like baseline anxiety of like a six or a seven. And then there's gearing up for something, which is a solid 10. But once I'm performing or doing whatever activity, it's down to like a two or three, mm -hmm. which is why like playing shows, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Car ride over, crippling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Understood. No, I, I have a, I mean, I don't think I have it to the extent that you do. But when I do the, the show that we make on the radio called mm -hmm. Gulf Coast Life, when we do it live, I have this, I have anxiety beforehand. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm breathing well enough mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm going to not. 
have enough breath to get through the sentence. But then as soon as I ask that first question mm-hmm. and it's just me and that person talking, it's like, poof, yeah. it just goes away. You know? it's, Absolutely. So, yeah, I can totally relate. So trombone? Yeah, uh, trombone was in eighth grade. I was auditioning for drums and it, I was told by my band director, no, 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 but uh, we have an opening on trombone. I heard it's hard to get. It's a hard gig to get percussion yeah. in the middle school band. Oh yeah, because everybody is just ADHD and wanting to bang on stuff. Right. Do you still play the trombone? Um, occasionally, my girlfriend, who's a trumpet player, will be like, "Hey, I need to practice. Will you hop on real quick so we can play together?" So you can still kind of you know yeah. work your way around it. Yeah. Okay. I'm also, kind of guessing like you can add a second trombone and a third trombone and a fourth trombone, but you can't have like eight sets of drums. Well, exactly. Like, You're not gonna have a chorus of drums. Or... Although, although I, I know, I was like that. Does I mean, in funny. college, we did have basically a drum choir. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. in college, oh, I'm yeah, not like a middle school. Middle school, not when you're no. 12. <laughs> no, that's just cacophony. There's eight drums happening. It's just cacophony. My daughter went to uh, Dunbar and she. Mm-hmm played trombone. She just decided in sixth grade she's going to play trombone. Yeah. And they had such a big beginner choir, she was one of 23 trombones. Oh. <laughs> no joke. There's like 145 yeah. kids in the band. And she was like, the whole trombone section was just amazing. Um, so, band. When did you mm-hmm. first like decide that you were going to make music? Um, I joined my first band at 13 after buying a drum set the Friday I turned 13. I had my first show on Sunday with this band called The Cant Singers. And the joke about that was everybody could sing. It was all <laughs> choir kids doing, doing covers of the band that the Jonas Brothers covered on their first couple albums. It was a, band, a British band called Busted. So you were covering the covers from a fake band. I love it. Yeah. Sort of. It's did I get that right? Not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, who did you play for at that point? At 13, how do, you, how do you have a gig when you're 13? There was a church that doubled as a rec hall after school, and we would just walk down there, play rock band, and eventually all the kids were playing rock band to the point where they eventually said, hey, we should have a battle of the bands. And that's how I got a, my first gig drumming. Was they started a battle of the bands because of rock band? Did you win? <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, are drums your primary instrument? That's the instrument I went to school for in college. I was a percussion major, um, and my first like five or six bands were all drumming bands. But with my current project, Cody and Co., I still do the percussion and stuff for the albums, but. I'm the singer and guitarist for that. Okay. Um, uh, first, so, so this is Dave Grohl. Like, you've moved from... Oh, it comes full circle. The Foo Fighters the to Foo now. The Foo Fighters to now. It's why. That's why <laughs> you've got to thank your parents. Well, just, um, I, I, my friends and I had a joke that this most stressful, the most stressful person in music is the Foo Fighters drummer. Because he has yeah. to look at the back of Dave Grohl, who might be... Come on, man. <laughs> like, well, actually, like, Taylor Hawkins quit for, like... A year or so, don't quote that exactly, but, <laughs> like, because on the first Foo Fighters albums, like, Dave would just go and overdub everything. Oh, yeah, of course. And I do that to my own drummer, where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, cool, um, no, nah, we're not going to record a drum set for this one, it'll just be a 12-piece orchestral percussion piece, and you can hit cowbell at the end. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many drummers have you had? Uh, for my current project, three. Uh, for the last iteration, which was Cody and the First Chair Flukes, uh, that was just one drummer. And before that, I was always the drummer for the bands. You have clever names for your things. Thank you. We'll get further into that later. Uh, we're almost ready to get to your first song, but beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, what was? do you remember the first music that you owned? My very first CD that was bought for me was Dead Mouses 4x4 equals 12. I'm getting thumbs and hands up in the yeah. background, but it's, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> elect- Richard will put some underneath. Electro this. house yeah. Yeah, type thing from like 2010s, back when like Electronica was starting to become the big new thing. And like Dead Mouse is like the Britney Spears of Electronica. Yeah. Of just like the superstar. How did you come across that? Uh, the internet. <laughs> the internet. Yeah, I most of like my musical influences came I've from heard like. It. <laughs> this is the best. 
It mainly come, came from like me just reading Wikipedia or looking up stuff on YouTube or eventually like 4chan had a music page and it was all just like, if you want to be a cool hipster, yeah. like here's all the songs you need to listen to. <laughs> and so you did. Yeah. And now you're a cool hipster. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, okay. Uh, let, let's get on to your first song. Uh, I almost changed that pot to access, Richard, so, but that went back, so that's no big deal. So, um, okay, your first song. Um, as long as we don't end up on the air. No, okay. no, 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 but I just, I almost changed. Why would that be amazing? Uh, just in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I know, goodness, that's, that's not a bad idea. Um, so, uh, your first song, do you want to announce it? Do you want to talk about it? What do you want to do? Uh, let's play it first, and then let's see what happens from there. Okay, so this is, uh, so uh, just make sure we have them in the right order. This is When the Sun Goes Down. Yep, by Kenny Chesney featuring Uncle Cracker. From the 2004 <laughs> album of the same name. Oh, I have the version with the video where they talk at the beginning and then just the song. You want just the song. I think right? let's just do the song. Okay, I figured as much. We, we'll, we'll take that part out, probably. Nah, I'll leave it in. Let's let it play. First, I didn't realize just how long these you guys actually play the full songs, and I didn't realize that. Uh, so... This was actually the first concert I ever went to, which is usually like a very passe thing to do on this show because it's just like, oh, my first concert. What's the story there? But like I was like eight years old going to a Kenny Chesney concert for my birthday and then Chuck E. Cheese the next day. Where Where was the uh, show? <laughs> uh, up in Orlando. I forget okay. which arena it is, but it was one of the big uh, ones. Right, right. So going in and we, cheap seats, but right in front of us it's just a line of like – stereotypical girls you would see in a country video with all short shorts, cowboy hats, and signs. And they just start screaming. And being eight years old, it's just like, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't want to listen to this. I'm here to listen to music. And I was so miserable that when the cameras were getting shots and stuff, that, yeah, candy, candy, and then just miserable eight-year-old, they actually upgraded our seats. <laughs> To get us out of that frame so that they could keep going back to it. <laughs> so you screwed up their shot. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you got better seats from, from yeah. being miserable. Yeah. Okay. It that seems to be how th- things work out in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like your magic sauce right there. Um, that song, you know, when I saw um, Kenny Chesney and, you know, featuring Uncle Cracker, I did not expect to hear steel drums. No. Nah. <laughs> I was I was gonna actually say like I don't I don't listen to a lot of Kenny Chesney I I've never heard steel drums in a country song is that a thing that was just like in like 2005 for some reason everybody like was just like we're going to the beach now mm. and Kenny Chesney like had an entire music video where he went to Jamaica it's wild um uh, so why did you pick that song for to represent that time or show because it's that was that was the tour. That was like the end all be all. That, that was the, the song. That was the hit. Yeah, that was the hit. That was the song girls were screaming during. And even though now it's almost Kaufman esque of just like how long it's going. Oh, steel drums. It's still going and going and going. <laughs> At the time, it was like this song is so long. It's like half my life. This is amazing. <laughs> I want more. Loop it. Um, uh, was that, you said that was for your birthday? Yeah, my eighth birthday was... Was that your idea for a present? No, it was my mom's. Of course. My mom was like, we're going to go see Kenny Chesney, was he's your favorite artist. You to, was, it was, a, was he your favorite artist? He was a genuinely my favorite okay, artist at the then. time. Good, good. Okay, yeah, I thought maybe you got dragged to it. No, better he was, than Crazy Frog. Wow. Not as good as Foo Fighters. <laughs> where, where, where does that song or, or Kenny Chesney fit into your musical life today? It doesn't. <laughs> like I, I still listen to like country music and that kind of stuff, but it's more uh, like the outlaw country kind of stuff. Very much trying to rip off Willie Nelson by releasing as much music as possible, and like that two thousands bro country before it evolved into bro country doesn't exist in my life anymore but it was such a huge part of my life until i discovered music through the internet and video games that it's all i had (laughs) you know i was going to ask the video games thing because i know richard and tara do a lot of gaming but Mm -hmm. richard and music and video games in particular Mm -hmm. do you have any question you want to throw out there richard i know you do (sighs) um wow 
Uh, that's such a wide thing. Um, yeah. So do you have... I'm assigning um, you a question. Is there is there a music song <laughs> that you listen to that you enjoy completely irrespective of the of playing? Like you will go to just listen to it? Um, because uh, I think I figured, I think I get the gist of what you were saying. Do you like listening to video game music outside of? The oh, brain? um, I very much like the whole Final Fantasy oh, orchestration yeah. stuff. Like you can't go with wrong with that. In fact, there's a YouTube channel that I watch a lot of, not sponsored, so I won't say it by name on air. And like it's literally breaking down harmonic theories from video games and how to do crazy concepts, like how do we make a tritone substitution fit inside of a kooky little video game like Banjo-Kazooie and just tritones into tritones into tritones and still have all this like crazy feeling to it. I, I, would, have great you, I would have you say the name yeah, that's anyway. That's a great answer. Uh, 8-Bit Theory. Okay. 8-Bit Theory, good, and it so, goes over 8-Bit games and how they're so music like, theory. So not only um, like just listening to like Uematsu and things like that, <laughs> but like you, you enjoy... The theory of it. Oh yeah, I went to I right. went to school to do music, yeah. and like I dropped out because by theory three we were still going over major scales, hmm. because the people at community college for music hmm. aren't necessarily like always wanting to do music, and like a lot of my session players are from FGCU and FSW. Great program, great people. My students, my fellow students just made me go more depressed than I was before. You, you, were, getting, you were getting less out of it than you were giving it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the fact that you've, you've released six EPs in the last like year and a half. Yes, sir. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, by the way, no more sir. You, I know that's, that's very polite. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. If you if you have to do it, you can keep doing it. But I, I just <laughs> born in Fort Myers, like very much like beaten until like sir is, or ma'am is at the end of every word. So okay, well I then, I, nice job, parents. Um, so um, so six EPs in okay. the last year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Talk about your your Cody and Co. co. Mm-hmm. Cody, how do you say it? Do you say company or do you say Cody co? and Co? Because the Co is actually collective. Collective, not yeah, company. Because ah. the idea behind Cody and Co was it's going to be a whole different band for each album. And then I only did that once and then realized it's terrible to try to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it does stand for Cody and Collective. And I just like to write music. And like some of my idols are Willie Nelson, the Mountain Goats, people who just wake up and make music, breathe music. So if I want to be a songwriter, I have to write songs. And if I want to be a musician, I have to do music. So might as well just do as much as I can. Uh, Where are you recording all this stuff? Um, Usually in my living room, but sometimes in bedroom. Okay. What kind of equipment are you using? Um, I just upgraded for my Focusrite 2i2, my SM57, and Behringer C1 to a Focusrite 20i8, and Ollie's Pub is now my go-to studio because they I helped build it, so they let me use it, and I'm recording bands there and my own stuff, and I get to track drums at Not Annoy My Neighbors. <laughs> For the people who don't know, what is Ollie's Pub? Ollie's Pub is a pub and record store up in downtown Cape that... If you go to a show to, you will see me running sound in the background. Just like you can see me at Sydney and Burn Davis Art Center running sound. Or at Beach Records running sound if I'm booked there. <laughs> the finger gun kind of situation with the running sound. I'm digging it. So well, um, I, mean, uh, I wanted to mention, you know, you could do for your neighbors is we have a guy, we had a guy come on the show, mm-hmm. uh, um, Stephen Britton, who has um, a, a, pipe a pipe organ, organ <laughs> built into the walls of his house. Like it's like it's, a total full yeah. size. It's like the house is built around the hundred year old pipe. Work. Yeah, and so the walls are filled with sand. He's got a cinder block house with walls filled with sand, so that you can't really hear it. So we I'm hope just to visit one day. Yeah, just fill your house up with sand, and then we need to make that happen. Um, <laughs> real quick aside, um, I have always run the tech for the Fort Myers Film Festival at Sydney and Burn Davis Art mm-hmm. Center, so I have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in that booth. Just so you know, I I may have spent as much as any non employee of the 
the Sydney and Burn Davis Art Center in that booth. When we do the film festival, mm-hmm. it got canceled this year. Um, it's like four straight days, and I'm there from like ten in the morning until like midnight. And I'm, I call myself Mole Man because I just get to, I get to just be in the dark by myself for four days. It's the best spot during all the events. Oh, it's just it's the best. Anyway, I figured you would be yeah. able to commiserate about that. Okay, so back to the Cody and Collective. Um, yeah. How many instruments do you play? Um, I play about five different categories, and you can kind of cheese it because a brass instrument's a brass instrument. And there's certain je ne sais quoi for, like, a difference between a trumpet, a trombone, or, like, a baritone or tuba. But That was the most natural use of je ne sais quoi I've ever seen. That was great. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, but, like, so trombone, baritone, tuba, mellophone, not so much French horn, marimba, xylophone. A lot. <laughs> xylophone? Yeah, well, because... If you can play those, then can you play the piano as well? Um, I have to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was in school and doing piano lessons three times a week, like by the time I got to my final, I actually, I lost my spot, improvised some bit a bit until I got into it again, and my teacher gave me partial credit because I kept the vibe and feel on piano. And I, I would like program piano and play the different some parts mm-hmm. on there, but... MIDI is so nice. <laughs> yes. Okay, I alluded to your clever names earlier. This is one of your EPs. Turns out constantly releasing music isn't a good coping mechanism. The cat was a good one, though. He's a good boy. <laughs> Dropped on December 25th. Yes, sir. So what's up with the names? Um, I listen to a lot of pretentious music. <laughs> like, even, like, I grew up with Fall Up. Like, once I discovered punk rock, like, my big punk band in air quotes that you can't see because I'm on radio um, was Fall Out Boy and all their song names are just nonsense yep. I love them yeah they yeah. are um, uh, when you release these EPs they, they're pure digital there's no like nobody's buying a CD from you or anything no what, and you have have you done any pressing of album records things or anything no because like, like there's no real money in it like if I wanted to do cassette bundles and I was actively playing shows then I could probably make like 20 bucks and mm-hmm. worth of profit but there's no money really in the music industry outside of like hey you want to come record music you want to pay me a hundred dollars for a full day in order to make music that's that's where the money's at, not like right. actually, yeah. I'm going to sing a song about how sad I am. Because I can tell you that makes you exactly seventeen eighty nine a year. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like you probably really do enjoy recording people and playing mm-hmm. with techno. You know, you're looking at our preamps and stuff before we got started. Yeah. Um, I see you are somehow working with Mr. Caleb Neff, who's former guest on this show. Yes, I actually interned for him during like, COVID starting to quote unquote let up, but I got a COVID scare and because his studio is at his house around his family, I'm just like, I don't want to do that to you when the off chance I get sick and then like your whole family gets sick and then everybody dies because of me and like it's nice that he was helping me learn, but like that's not a fair trade off of like education for Family side. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, and, you know, and, and someday we'll be able to do this mm-hmm. all together again, and, and I'm sure he'd be happy to have you back, you know. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah, because, you know, he seems like he's got a really good setup there and, oh, and knows his stuff beautiful. for sure. Um, uh, if you could add a new instrument to your repertoire instantly without trying, what would it be? Saxophone, because my sax player just moved to St. Augustine. <laughs> So saxophone is not all brass instruments, then. No, that's no. a woodwind. You got the oh just, right because it has that little wheat. Yeah, Sorry, read. I should have known that. It's a that. nightmare, is what it is. <laughs> okay, um, we've always ended the show with this question, but now we've moved it to randomly pop up somewhere within the show, and it's going to be now. Is there any music you'll avoid listening to? Um, a lot of the music I avoid listening to is the stuff I kind of grew up with because I'm not getting anything out of it at that point. I like listening to music that'll do something new for me and I don't like listen to podcasts that do something new to me so like I won't listen to Axel F anymore because there's only so much you can get out of that before it's just bang 
being just hiding out in the back of your head for 10 years. <laughs> Real quick before we get to your next song. Um, so I grew up, I was born in 72, and so I was um, in the 80s when computers started becoming a thing. Uh, luckily, my brother was a computer genius, and he still is to this very mm-hmm. day. So I got to be around somebody who was super smart in the 80s. And he um, had a Commodore 64, and he got the two chan- It was uh, t- MIDI files for Axel F, but there were too many voices, so they had it in two different files. So he recorded it to a tape deck, and then he put it down, and then he played the other one, and it would hit start and play. I love and it. And you would hear it all. And it was like, bing, 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 bing. I mean, it was really, really rudimentary. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, that's I one of my it. like earliest musical memories yeah. and computer memories. Like watching you know? Herbie Hancock go on like Sesame Street with all like mm-hmm. the old stylophones and stuff. I love that. Did you ever listen to uh, the Cat Apple episode? <sighs> No. Okay, go check it out. Because she was big in yeah. the electronic music scene back in the 70s. Oh. And, and you'll geek out on all her stuff. Absolutely. Okay, song number two. <clears throat> uh, State of the Union. Yes, sir. By Rise Against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to talk? Um, so, with that whole only having a set amount of artists that I can listen to, thanks to video games like Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, and Guitar Hero, I discovered punk rock and metal. Which my mom hated until I was like four, 13, 14. Like, I remember the day I was trying to get American Idiot by Green Day and Ace of Spades by Motorhead on my iPod shuffle, not iPod shuffle, not nano, but the actual just iPod. iPod. Yeah. <laughs> the bricky one. The yeah. Brick. Yeah. And it was just like a. She didn't even connect video games. She was yelling at me for because she thought I was heard those songs from like l- watching wrestling, which also wasn't allowed. And just oh no, I remember like growing up with that, and then eventually like her slowly just being like fine. But eventually, it got to a point where I bought this CD, State of the Union, put it in the car on the ride home, and just starts blaring, starts screaming, and she just gently turns the knob down and is just like, hey, you know you don't have to scream in order to get your feelings known. And I took that advice and only screamed over acoustic guitar for two years. (laughs) (laughs) Your own music or music that covers and stuff? Uh, There is a certain amount of musicians in the area that if they were at How Tattoo Gallery open mics in 2018, they can tell you all about my screamo, acoustic screamo rendition of Jolene by Dolly Parton. I think that's the first time I ever you had known of you. do a little acapella, screamy how Jolene? Very, how very dashboard confessional. Like right now? No. <laughs> uh, and actually, it was me first in the Gimme Gimme's I was ripping off. Thank there you, you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so, so is it time to listen to the Let's song? Let's do it. Okay, you just, uh, this is, uh, we'll just get to play it. I love this so much. <laughs> this is so fun. A bit of contrast there. Yeah, you know, there's a lot. Yeah, I can see your mom. I could just see her turning it. Yeah. So I, I want to commiserate with you, Cody, real fast, because uh, I, I found out about Rise Against mm-hmm. uh, from the same album, but it was Give It All. Yeah. F- because of an internet video when parkour wasn't a word that everybody knew. And it was called, um, it was called like Ninja Monkeys yeah. or something like that. And it's just these guys like mm-hmm. running around, jumping off of buildings and flipping around. And give it alls in the background. Yeah. And I had never heard Rise Against. This is t- Tara asking the. This is two thousand and four. Yeah, two thousand four. And this was this was brand new yeah. when it happened. And I was like, well, who's this? Ba- I gotta, I gotta, I gotta download this whole album. Paper Wings off of Guitar Hero Three: Legends of Rock is what led me to that mm. album. Yeah. So really quickly, you know the song "Swing Life Away." Absolutely. The, okay. So I'll, a quick song story for me: When I turned eighteen, a boy came into one of my AP English classes, got down on one knee with an acoustic guitar, sang that to me, and then straight up just walked out. Walked in, <laughs> sang it to me. And then straight up just left right after that. Didn't say a word to me. Never said a word even after that to me ever again. John Belushi wasn't there to smash the guitar. <laughs> and, the and it was just that. Where, where did this guy end up? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But anytime I hear someone talk about Rise Against, I can't help but go. that I go right there no matter what song it is. So <laughs> yeah. thank hey. you for helping me think of that again. <laughs> Do you still listen to them? Are they still around? Uh, they're still around. I don't listen to them too much because I... I'm one of those there's pretentious hipster liberals who it's like, oh, what are you actually doing for your cause? Because it just seems like you're actually trying to sell albums instead of actually make a point, unlike 
the band Anti-Flag, who even though they're corporate now, they're still actively being like, hey, maybe we shouldn't let... Whatever. I get rambly about politics, and let's not do that. Well, no, I mean, well, that's something actually Tara mentioned during the during the song was that they kind of do have some sort of a a, a, a cause mm-hmm. behind them. But now you're kind of explaining that maybe that's you know yeah. not so. I, I'm just rephrasing Laura Jane Grace from Against Me when she was calling them out in like 2014. So that, there's nothing original I'm saying about that. Okay. Um, so I don't really listen to that kind of music. Yeah. Um, can you understand what they're saying? Yeah. Like, just on the first take, first cut. Put it on, you can sit yeah. there and you can hear those words, and yeah. they make sense. Huh. I, I, I grew up with, I also, like, I had, like, Slipknot. Is that and like, a, like, like, a, like an acquired skill? Oh, yeah. We, oh, Absolutely. Okay, okay, good. This is another one of your Steve Buscemi moments. I know, yeah. that, I know I'm yeah. leaning into it, though. Yeah. I'm leaning like, into it. I love it, though. Eventually, like, getting into, like, it's true. Like, I sat there chorus. for the whole half, second half of the song, like, okay, I'm going to see if I can hear what he's saying. I was like, no, I got, I got nothing. There the is more a, you listen to it, though, yeah. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. It takes practice. Yeah. Maybe. There's a great thing with, like, actual, like, very heavier bands, especially locally, when it comes to, like, grindcore and stuff. And I know Colin, Tara's boyfriend, can just talk about that forever. But, like, they're li- they'll literally just do stuff called Breeze, which I won't do into a microphone. <laughs> Please but- do it. Please do. Come on. No, I don't know how to do it. Oh, but it'd be fun. Nah. Yeah, I, I explain what it nah. sounds like. Uh, it sounds like a pig going through a wood chipper. Okay. Oh, Tara just beautifully. Sorry. Yeah. And it's literally just like, here's how we're going to get into the breakdown. Screaming dead pig. Yeah. There's no words being said. It's just nonsense. <laughs> and Mike, one time, one gotcha. day, the three of us Speaking are going to go to Howl. Dead pigs. When that happens, we're the three. We're going to do a three song stories road trip to Howl just for funsies, <laughs> and we'll do this. It'll be just great. For Absolutely. It'll be so okay. Great. Um. So, what was the last show you played before we had to stop going out? Um, it was a COVID. I do regular streaming still, so and I consider that shows because as a broadcast engineer, you kind of have to believe that those are shows. So you can sell that idea to people. Sure. To, yeah, yeah. Hey, come play this show. It'll be all online. You can stay at your own house. And those are still shows to me. So last week. Okay, but I mean, like, when, when you, when you showed show. up, you know, what was the last one before everybody was like, oh, well, we're not going to be able to do that for a while. I COVID has actually been like good for my performance tastes because I don't think I've played shows this year because I don't go out because my backing band is also the backing band for Perfect Sequence and they get custody on the weekends so it's hard to play shows during all right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, best concert or show you've ever attended? My, f- honestly, my favorite shows are all local stuff like... Um, there was a f- festival at Beach Records that Frankie Colt put together back when Wolfpack Showcase was a thing that I drove 10 hours from Mississippi back down to here and then immediately went to that show and watched all of my favorite local bands at the time like Psychic Dose. I think Sheena Brooke was even on that set and just wandering around um, drinking absinthe mm. and rocking I'm around sorry I really like the question mark at the end of absinthe <laughs> absinthe <laughs> it, it was a long night um, and just seeing like all these act- fun local bands on four hours of sleep after being in a car for ten hours was much better than anything I've seen at like the Orpheum or like any arenas because once again I don't like people screaming and doing nonsense so yeah. uh, is that the farthest you've traveled for a show yeah, yeah, that would be it. Um, okay, yeah, you weren't allowed to watch wrestling as a child. No, I'm huh. so sad about. I that. I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling, The Simpsons, any of that fun stuff that I that like middle schoolers yeah. enjoy. Nah, you know what's funny is is my parents we we would uh, my my mom wouldn't let us watch Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> yeah. which I was used to rebel against. Get it? But <laughs> but now I'm in retrospect. I'm like she was she was yeah. really smart to keep us away well, from I, that. I like this because uh, I know your mom now, and she still probably wouldn't like I if know. you watched. No, <laughs> we used to go to my grandparents' house on the weekends, and they'd let us watch mm-hmm. it. You know, although that may have just been like a lever to get us to go to grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> That's watch what, the Dukes of Hazzard. Well, hold on. This is weird for me because I I also wasn't allowed. Like, we didn't. I didn't watch wrestling in the house. 
but I could at my grandma's because she liked wrestling. She was one of those old ladies. Yeah, I like, just think it's a gimmick. What, it is? You just re- you just deny oh, your kids something yeah. and then say grandma I'll let you do it, and then, yeah. then you get the weekend free. Well, that's actually yeah. how my dad would hold leverage against my mom. Was like, nah, come over to stay an extra day instead of going over when your custody's supposed to. You can watch Monday Night Raw if you stay oh, over right. an extra day. Right. See, we've tapped into something <laughs> universal about parenting here. Um, no, the reason I brought it up too, though, is that if you were a championship wrestler, what would be your your arrival music? <sighs> What's it actually called? Walk on, walk on yeah. music. Um, you like your theme if you're a wrestler. What would the, the theme music be? The middle schooler that had like a hockey mullet and cargo shorts in me is saying like "Wait and Breed" by Slipknot. That's a whole persona, right? There. Yeah. But like now, what I, if I like gun to my head, I had to go wrestling. I'd want to have like Mighty Ma- Mighty Mouse by Andy Kaufman be my walking yeah. theme, <laughs> yeah. and just have it be Insert the entire song yeah. going cool. into the theater. Like intro and then pantomiming where Kaufman comes in. That'd be pyrotechnics abound. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So would you would you wear like yellow spandex? Yes, oh, the absolutely. The silver, With the yeah. little like yeah. red uh, undies over uh-huh. it. Yeah, Andy Kaufman, a hero of yours. He's um, come up a couple times now. I'm very. I grew up with like Family Guy and stuff, and like. Watching, oh, the reason why Seth MacFarlane is having this character do the same thing over and again for five minutes is because he's a hack ripping off Andy Kaufman's idea. And then going through and exploring that idea is just perfect because I enjoy, like, I, I used to scream Jolene by mm-hmm. Dolly Parton. I I enjoy sitting there in an uncomfortable situation and people just having to observe out of social courtesy. And then I wonder why my music didn't take off for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to scare you off by my music. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that never worked out? <laughs> uh, um, TV theme songs that you might know that you can sing. I have been practicing the Danny Phantom theme song. Just oh, for yes. this moment. It's a second time. Give me a second here. I forgot to uh, while Mike queues up, uh, do you, uh, big, are you a fan of uh, Man on the Moon? Oh, I... The YouTube snippets I've watched, absolutely. Oh, I am the what behind the, the scene ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it's the I'm, most amazing oh, thing you'll ever so see. So broke that I can't afford to actually it pay is, to watch Man on the Moon. It is um, it is unbelievable that they captured what they did and how it brings it forward. It's yeah. unbelievable. It, okay. Yeah. Uh, Danny Phantom. Okay, we need to get him a copy of that. <laughs> it's my opinion that that doing method acting. To be Andy Kaufman broke Jim Carrey. Oh yeah, and that's the what well, was already broken. Well, broke that and Jenny McCarthy. Well, the, the, yeah. I think I think years of that. <laughs> but like, but like he he wasn't weird before that movie. The way he's weird after that movie. Uh-huh. He uh, he just came out with an, uh, a sort of a fictional autobiography with this other guy, and he was on like uh, ATC over the weekend, yeah. and he sounded really normal. Well, he does every now and then. Right. He does, yeah. Okay, we ready for Danny Phantom? Yeah. No, but let's do it. <laughs> Yo, Danny Phantom, he was just 13 when his parents built a very strange machine. It was designed to view a world unseen. Gotta get your mom, see, it's Danny Phantom. He's been just where his parents would just quit. Then took a look inside of it. It was a great big flash, everything just changed. His molecules get all rearranged. That's all I can look up. He realized he had no white hair. That's all I know. Never mind. He looked like he was disappearing. Flash. He was much more unique than the other guy. What he had to do. He was trying to come and fight for me and you. Gotta catch him all. Cause he's Danny Phantom. Gotta catch him all. Cause he's Danny Phantom. Gotta catch him all. Cause he's Danny Phantom. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That, that was well done. Well my done. My girlfriend is going to give me so much crap because I can't remember my own lyrics <laughs> in any of my songs. It's because you were trying to memorize Danny Phantom. <laughs> oh, very well done. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to think you're not a karaoke-er. Yeah. Is I guess right on that one? Yeah. That's what I'm going to start doing. I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to guess. Oh, I'm going to gauge I'm gonna them. I'm going to guess you're that. That's second video there. Um, shake I've got to would you would you ever go in for like one of those like sit down in a room rent a machine karaoke? So let me rephrase that. I don't enjoy karaoke, but back when like we used to do karaoke nights at Hal, because I used to work at Hal Tattoo, not as like a tattoo artist, which is what everybody <laughs> always asks me to say that. But I was just kind of the Cody. <laughs> Everyone needs a Cody on staff. Yeah, like Zach and Cody. I, Jin, uh, yeah, pretty much that archetype. Okay, great. <laughs> just 
I'm just trying to be relevant. <laughs> you did. You did it. Yeah. He so, did like, it. We'd go off and we'd do the uh, time warp and like mm. get like eight people all sure. to do the dance and everything and like that's very near and dear to me because like I have a Dr. Frankenfurter boss it's tattoo. Astounding. <laughs> Sorry. Have you ever Maybe. gone to the live show here in town? No, they keep getting sold out every me time I try to get Same. Same. Okay. Okay. And we even right. know them at the Alliance. <laughs> We can't even get tickets. We can't even leverage our, yeah. My my daughter got to go to the first one they did when she was 13, and it was life-changing. Absolutely. Um, Okay, this is one of our new questions. If you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind, what would it be? I would not be the cure, which is the drink that Nice Guys made for me when I did the Sonic Masquerade, because it had activated charcoal, which I have, like, I'm on a rampage against the concept of activated charcoal being in everything. So... I would say... My, I, f- I feel like maybe we should talk about that. No, yeah, I feel I'm like, you want to talk about it? <laughs> Keep going. Um, so I would probably be um, two fingers of Jim Bean honey whiskey in a small mason jar, raspberries instead of ice, and then just filled up the rest with lemonade. Because that's oh. basically what was getting me through quarantine the first month. It's like a delicious. raspberry Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Whiskey drink. Yeah. yeah. And like it's, the ice cubes aren't there. Instead, it's frozen raspberries and like it slowly infuses into the lemonade. So you get a nice little raspberry lemonade. And then like the I'm raspberries are that. alcoholic at the end. So it's nice. Ooh. Well, well done. Okay. Time for your, la- time for your last song. I have all those ingredients. I um, yeah. I was like, uh, so I'm going to figure that out later. Well, and it's a great idea because, you know, the, the raspberries always go on sale at Publix I'm gonna right take before a photo they of die. You, like you're holding so you can take a them home freezer. and yes. you can freeze them. I'm going to take a fake picture of you, Cody, later. Well, not a fake. It's going to be a real <gasps> photo. But it'll look like you're holding a, a, a cocktail and I'll superimpose a cocktail and then we'll make <laughs> like a little like, <laughs> this is this cocktail, the Cody and Co. cocktail, like a recipe the card. The Cody and cocktail. For three song stories recipe cards and we'll start a whole thing. Well, this is the first time we've asked the question. This is page one. This is page one and you're going to be, or or. Or you, I'll have you take a picture with your cocktail. Yeah, and that's what it will do. Oh, the Cody and Co. It'd be the content. ampersand. Because technically ampersand. it's Cody oh. ampersand Co. Because okay. yeah. everybody always tries to bill me with either a plus sign or just the word and or Cody like a stylized co. ampersand. No. It is a, ta- it is a Helvetica Italicized <laughs> ampersand. Yeah. That is shift seven on a Windows keyboard. <laughs> I recently learned that in movie credits, when there's two names next to each other, whether it's the word and or an ampersand Mm -hmm. means two entirely different things. I don't remember what those things are. But I know uh, it ampersand, to, I think it's yeah. like whether they collaborated yeah, or is collaborated. Yeah, I think, that, yeah. Look it up. We'll together. get to. We'll talk about that after this song. So that was that was the chaos portion of the podcast right there. Those last two minutes. Um, okay, last song. What is it? Um, this would be. I believe Twin Size Mattress by the Front Bottoms. Uh-huh. And thanks to NPR Tiny Desk Concerts for introducing this into my life because this was my Sex Pistols moment. Instead of, like, you always hear about Peter Hook and all those people going to, like, that first Sex Pistols concert and just like, oh, this changed my life. I can do that. Instead, I sat at home instead of hanging out with friends watching YouTube videos and went, I can do that. I can kind of just barely sing while playing acoustic guitar. And that's you've been on a rampage of that ever since. Every every band I've been in has been ripping this band off in some degree. Okay. Like I used to be in a band called Missing Minutes, and we started out as a Front Bottoms cover band before finding our own voice. Cody and the First Chair Flukes was ripping this off. Like around what year was that? When did that Tiny Desk come out? Uh, my senior year of high school, and I remember that because my school's broadcast thing was trying to have like a, our final was a yearly pitch. And mine was, let's set up a tiny desk concert thing here. Let's rip that off. And like, and for my presentation, I just showed like the front bottoms at NPR. I showed the 1975 at Tiny Desk and was just like, we can do that. And did you do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of do that for a living now, but right. not so much. We should do like school. a three song stories series. We would call it like medium sized desk concert. Ooh, <laughs> regular desk concert. Regular, regular sized desk. desk. Full size desk concert. Okay, this is twin sized mattress. Twin sized mattress. mattress by the Front Bottoms from their 2013 album Talon of the Hawk. Now 
that was all. That was just all 2015 for me. Like my my last semester of my senior year, which is where my brain and consciousness finally turned on after being suicidally depressed since fifth grade. Like so, that entire time up until my senior year is just gone. And like that's where it kicks in is right about when this song comes out. And then all of 2015, I got my first job, got my first car. Was going around, hanging out at like two o'clock in the morning, driving on Pine Island, screaming that with a car full of idiots, and just like driving up to the Orpheum, get to go watch this band, and then like getting pile drived by a middle schooler. Just <laughs> ah. how did that happen? Well, it was we wound up going like I mean the pile drived by a middle schooler. Yeah, we wound okay, up yeah, yeah. going to a concert. At the Orpheum to watch the Front Bottoms and the Smith Street Band. And it was like the Monday before Thanksgiving, so all like the affluent teenagers got that week off. And that concert was so bad that like the the lead singer of the Front Bottoms threatened to like walk off this sh- walk off stage if all these 13, 14 year olds didn't just keep stage diving. Like, one kid, like, just fell face first in the concrete. It's great. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I, I, I there, wa- there is a really a section of people, and I have so many memories of going down Pine Island, getting on the highway to 75 to go to Tampa, to mm-hmm. go to Orlando, to all those places to go to shows and do the up and backs in high yep. school. That was, like, the some of the best times yeah. of my entire life. So. Yeah, we, we definitely share that to a degree for sure. I want to explore real quick, um, you know, just for us old people. So somebody your age at that time, if you would have found that song through Tiny Desk, would you have downloaded their CD like as MP3s? Would you have just then gone on a YouTube rabbit hole search for a while? Like what would be the way you would then begin to acquire that music? That depends on what the statute of limitations on illegally downloading music is. Okay, well, now we can talk <laughs> freely about that. Yeah, um, the... Hypothetically, you would have. Yeah, hypothetically. Hypothetically, at that time, the way Cody would listen to music would be look for it on YouTube. I had some weird Chinese app on my phone that if you put in a band's name, it would give you their entire discography and you could just download it freely. And then if I really liked it, I would go on Amazon and buy it. Okay. Well, that, that great answer. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, so um, you say that that was your, like, everything you've done since then has yeah. sort of been ripping them off. I mean, is that still happening? Are you still, Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, the, the <laughs> single that actually just dropped today at the time of recording, that, that bridge section in the song where it's just the lead singer's vocals just dubbed over and over and over and over and over again. Um, that's just the song. Like, uh, that's what, just the song I just released today. It's just so many vocal layers, which is kind of a thing I very much enjoy because I don't use autotune. So the way you get around that is by doing so many vocal layers that it sounds like a crowd. Right. And then it hits the same amount of notes that it's supposed to, but it doesn't sound like off pitch because it sounds like 40 people all singing a song. So to, to do that, do you sing that 40 times? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know if there was some some bit of majiggery in There's there. There's but... a way to cheese it where you can go through and like say you take a line 5 times, you can nudge it at like a microsecond level and then I use Ableton so I can manually just hit the sense button and just turn it up 15 and then con- control C control V that down to get to then turn it 30 down from where that just was, and that creates a slight chorusing effect that you would get on a um, a 12-string guitar. Mm-hmm. It gets that kind of polarity shift that makes that nice little chorusing sound that everybody loves. But even then, that's honestly more hard work than just sitting down and doing 40 takes that you right. don't even have to scrub. And, you- and the spacing is so even that it just it sounds artificial. Yeah. Like, you, it just sounds like an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could collaborate with anybody musically, who would it be? John, I've been listening to so much John Darnielle right now that if I could just even sit in a room while he talks to me about 14th century poetry for like half an hour, that'd be good enough for me, let alone a song. 
Okay. Um, did you have a fourth song that you had to like whittle it down? Like you had four, and then it came down to three. I was just like it would either be that or best met. So I was choosing between front bottoms or mountain goats. And if I had to be mountain goats, it would be best ever death metal band out of Denton off of All Hail West Texas, because those those two albums are basically the entire game plan for Cody and Co. <laughs> <laughs> the blueprint yeah. um, uh, album that you will always try to listen to in its entirety. All Hail West Texas. Yeah, yeah. Um, last time you listened to it. Uh, I am currently listening to a podcast that breaks it down song by song. So today on my right here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was the what was the name of the podcast? I only listen to the Mountain Goats, the only podcast about the Mountain Goats featuring the Mountain Goats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the Mountain Goats. Um, um, it, what album would you choose? Probably the same one. Would you choose if you can only have one? That would actually be slightly different. It would be Willie Nelson's Best of, but not the one that re- that. Not the first best of after he switched from being a jazz artist, like that jazz swing country artist. It would be the one, it's on Spotify, I can physically see his face. It's the one where he has like his beard all bushy like he kind of had for... uh, Is it kind of red, the color of the album? Yeah, I think he's in black and white and it's the same style as Shotgun Willie's album cover. Where it says that face of his, but instead it's like black and white and has like some red on it. Mm. It's it's just some best of. I feel uh, like, is it, does it start with rainy day blues? I don't think okay. so. I feel I feel cheesing whenever like it's like oh a best of album like when like quarantine thing that was going around everybody was saying like their most influential songs. Five of them were just like Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtracks or best of albums. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know what though? I think it's just you, the essential. Well, Willie you, Nelson. Do you know what though? Yes. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna listen to one album for yeah. the rest of your life over and over, I don't want the skip track. Well, like, exactly. I mean, <laughs> like it's got I gotta get drunk on it. I mean, come on. <laughs> How many um, uh, Willie Nelson songs can you play? Play like next to none. Like it's really just Hello Walls is the only one that I actually practice. But even then, that's more of like a. That's more known as a song that he sold than a Willie Nelson song. The last concert I saw was I saw Willie when he came, oh. took my daughter. She was 14 at the time. Oh, yeah, she hadn't turned 15 yet. And, uh, yeah, it was something, you know. Just, oh, that's um, so awesome. He, um, he was, he's pretty old. Yeah. But we got to see him. Um, <laughs> you ever going to put out an LP or is that like passe? Um, I, technically, my first release ever was an LP. It hit that, like, 45-minute mark that's okay. required for that. But nobody listens past the first two songs, like... And I have verifiable verifiable proof on that. Right, you have data. Yeah. Spotify is very good at telling you what <laughs> does and doesn't work. <laughs> um, and as much as, like, I love the I love LPs, like, I love, I love concept albums, I love, I love albums, but the, the business of music makes it so that, no, the only way I can actually have people listen to me is if I just keep releasing two to th- four songs every three months in order to, oh hey Cody did this again. Who release? Who releases a song on a Monday night? I guess me because you're talking about it. <laughs> okay, so here's our other new question. Okay, so you got focus. Okay, of your three songs that we've just played, mm-hmm. if you had to choose one that you can listen to as much as you want for the rest of your life. One that you don't get to listen to, but it will be continued into the future so other people will hear it. And one that will disappear from existence. What would your three songs be? Let's get rid of Kenny Chesney. Gone. Ah. Um, Bye, Kenny. Forever would probably just be Front Bottoms. Can we say that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can. Okay. Richard, just, Richard will bleep it if he feels like that, that, feels that brain about cell it. just finally kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so the front bottoms would be forever and time capsule. 
let's keep Rise Against because that's probably going to always be relevant of, hey, let's not have the government be tyranny. Okay, great answer. That's a great, that's that's our other new question. Thank you for playing along. Um, okay, you are not uh, very old compared to most of our guests, mm-hmm. so this is a slightly different question, but maybe not. 14-year-old you, mm-hmm. thinking of about 23-year-old you, how would he feel like you were doing? Um, there is two different takes on that. 14-year-old Cody was homophobic and had a mullet. So the whole pink pants and everything I did in college, he'd probably not be so happy about, but my girlfriend's cute, so he might like that. (laughs) (laughs) Great answer. Do you think he would trust you on the new version of you? Like, if you were like, hey man, I know it's not, it doesn't look like (laughs) it's gonna be okay the way I am now. Yeah, the whole reason why you hate gay people, uh, you might want to check into that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no, he would not, because I am not a pastor. <laughs> he would have tried to pile drive you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What's for- the What's the other take? Yeah, fourteen-year-old Christian with a mullet that only listens to Slipknot. Nah, nah. Um, okay. Wait, you, but you said there were two takes on that. Uh, yeah, the other take would be him actually being able to listen to me. I, I think I, I don't even know what the other second take would be. I think oh. I was just kind of talking out, <laughs> rambling because okay, sure. of anxiety. Uh, no, that's great. You've done very well today. And we are, we've are we reached the end. So now you just have to re- recommend three people to that you know, you'll share it with, and they can we can pursue them as guests. Um, right off the bat, December Jade with Set Life Pro. She has booked most of the shows I've ever been to in the area. Um, Sean Dunnigan. He the amount of conversations that we had when bars were open, what about just like okay here is this obscure band of the nineties. Let's talk about that for half an hour, um, and then the third one that would have to be, all my friends have been on this show. <laughs> um, let's go, uh, Brian. I'm a terrible friend. I can't remember my own friend's name. Um, but the City of Palms podcast, the host of that would be a good guy to talk about. Are you sure his name's Brian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been my favorite thing. Okay. You've done it. Wait, wait, because we're going to. We're going to go and we're going to look. The City of Palms podcast. The Google machine. Two brothers. Saving from, the day. Yeah. Okay, hold on. The Brian out of that two pair. Uh, okay, well, good good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Danny and Brian. Yeah. He doesn't say his last name here. So, uh, wait, uh, Lombardo. There we go, Brian Lombardo. He also does, like, Professor Shred, where he makes, like, custom grip tapes and skateboards as art pieces. And, like, just his... How big his thumb is on the pulse of local hip-hop is amazing. Um, okay, you've done it. Thank you very much. And if, if I'm remembering correctly, we met you at the David Mayfield show. Yes. And you mentioned something about this being a re- resolution. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, this is on like... Or bucket list or yeah, whatever I've, it was. All my friends are on, on this show. I've... Yeah, like... I I'm I'm local. Grew up in Fort Myers. This is the highest achievement I can get is coming over to WGCU. <laughs> like growing up watching Channel Three every day because that's what Sesame Street and Arthur was on. And now being able to come do this and ramble, well, fantastic. And, and you've done it. And one of our rules is you don't get to do it twice. So that's it. It's in the can. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We make three-song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and periodic host. Christophus is executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete.
For this week's parting tune, we've asked Cody for a song. This is Tell Me I'm Pretty, featuring Isaiah Suriel from the EP Rehash, released last year. You can find Cody's music on Facebook and at Cody and Co. Music on Instagram Music. It's also available on Bandcamp, Spotify, Napster, etc., including Apple Music. But Cody says he's still fighting a rap collective in Texas with the same name over whose page it is. So it'll be wonky listening on there as it bounces between weird indie and generic hip-hop. It's been a long hot month, ain't barely seen the sun Been giving me plenty of time to think on what I've done No need to reminisce, I know I'm a piece of shit But it's too late in life to just give up and quit So please tell me that I'm pretty enough that you love me Cause I think I have had enough Of you and my dreams Telling me that I'm truly enough Cause God knows that this ain't love Oh no, this ain't love you love me cause I think I have had enough of you in my dreams telling me that I'm truly enough cause God knows that this ain't love oh no this ain't love keep listening next time on three song stories did you play soccer or football? Which do you prefer? Am I calling it soccer and you're rolling your eyes at me? What's going on here? I mean, I I made peace of, you know, yeah. saying soccer instead of football. 